Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Teeth Matter. I'm your host, Ellie Halabian, DDS, and in this week's episode, we're chatting with my friend, Dr. Robert Kim. Dr. Rob has a beautiful practice out in Chino Hills, California. Avion Dental has grown from a very small practice into a beautiful complex, housing it, digital dentistry, an in-house laboratory, and so much more. Dr. Rob is not only an amazing dentist, but he's a community leader. His passion for jiu-jitsu allowed him to open up his own gym called One Jiu-Jitsu out in Redlands, California. In this gym, he brings people of all ages together to practice wellness and also mental resilience. And I can't wait to share his story with you. Hello, Dr. Robert Kim. Thanks so much for being with us today. Hey, Doc. Thanks for having me on. It's an honor. A couple of days ago, I didn't really know who you were. We connected recently. I had to do like a deep dive into who you are. So, I mean, not going to lie, I did a little bit of stalking on Instagram. I saw your page. I, I listened to some podcasts that you were on. And if someone goes to your Instagram page, they see a lot about a hobby of yours, which is jujitsu. And yeah. it's really amazing that a dentist does more than just dentistry and has lifestyle that incorporates community and not only that health and wellness so i just want to get an idea of you know where did this passion start how has that helped you shape the person that you are today so one of the uh, biggest events in my life was when i was in dental school i was a, a fourth year dental student and it was Halloween night, and this was in, at Loma Linda University. And we were, there was four people in the car, and we were driving really, really, really fast. Um, and then we ended up um, going off this bridge, and then we crashed the car. Oof. And from there, I actually, you can see right here, I broke my neck, and wow. I was paralyzed. Like, it ended up me being paralyzed pretty much, like, shoulder all the way down. Um, with my right hand, I wasn't able to write anything before I got into surgery. <clears throat> my left hand, I wasn't able to feel anything. So whatever that cerebral plexus got real messed up. And so uh, I had to go through surgery. I have a, I have a, a bone graft, like the same, I think it's the same bone graft we use in, in dentistry, but in my neck. And, and from there, I'm like, hey, I got to be able to sustain myself. I got to sustain this living if I'm going to be able to practice dentistry. Luckily, I was blessed. I got the surgery. I have a 100% recovery. But just like anything else in life, <clears throat> I know that nothing lasts forever. So my one of my fears is, hey, you know, I can get an injury, whether it's a relapse, in, relapse injury in my neck or if it's you know, maybe a shoulder injury or carpal tunnel, <clears throat> because um, I know you're like first or second year out. When you become fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth year out, you're going to start feeling like these aches and pains and, and you're going to feel burnt out and everything like that. And the beautiful thing about all you uh, new grads is you guys have this fire that comes out, right? It's this energy that comes out of like this passion. Oh, I want to fix teeth. I want to, I want to do my best. But imagine going into work now and you can't, you know, you're having this pain, back pain, neck pain. And now this, this is just on your mind and it sucks all your energy out of you. And now you can't even do your best. And now you're, you want to get off work early. You want to, you're mad. And now your relationships around every you, 
wherever it's broken because um, they don't understand your pain. So looking for a sustainability standpoint, I'm really into, into health and just having a mindset where it's sustainable because we want to be a dentist, not just for the first five, 10 years, right? We want to help patients and do our best for 20, 30 years because that's kind of where we set our direction. I mean, I have to say, you must have gone through a lot, you know, being paralyzed, not being able to move, having weaknesses. It's amazing to see you looking so healthy at this point. And I think that makes a great point. We need to invest in our personal health in order to be able to sustain a life where we can serve others. A lot of people, like you said, get caught up in just doing dentistry that they don't realize that the long-term goal and the long-term vision is to be an active part of community for a longer period of time. Jiu-Jitsu has several disciplines and leaderships that I, leadership roles that I think really influence you in terms of you as a leader in society and in a community. What are some principles of Jiu-Jitsu that you apply to your day-to-day -day or to dentistry? Yeah, so Jiu-Jitsu is a really, it's a very different sport. So if you, uh, you know, like the, like the older generation, um, or even still now, a lot of dentists they golf, and I consider golfing as is a as a martial art also because it's just you and the ball and the wind and the grass, and you gotta hit this ball into into this hole. And if anything goes wrong, that's just on you. That you have no teammates, maybe you have a caddy, but really that's on you. And you really have to think about it. You have to feel your body. You have to make sure your swing is is good. But nowadays, if you look at all the the big uh, big leaders, CEOs, big companies, they're all trending towards uh, jiu-jitsu because jiu-jitsu is a, a different type of animal. It's a vehicle that allows you to be humiliated, gets you tired. It breaks you, not physically, but mentally, and it makes you want to quit, but you keep coming back for more, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's really funny. So most people do jiu-jitsu because they get this simulated self-talk where they want to give up, but when they go into work, they're like, oh, this isn't so bad. I almost got choked out last night, and mm -hmm. my friend just almost choked me and killed me, but now we're just hugging and we're, we're, we're friends now. So I'm seeing a lot of uh, big leaders of using jiu-jitsu and using martial arts to uh, to to really progress their careers because it's just a perfect vehicle. Not only is it going to get you in shape, but it will also build a community and it'll help you build a network of, of, of good friends and family. And so that's why I got hooked and that's why I'm still doing jujitsu till this day. You mentioned that, you know, you were injured, you had this disability for some time that you had to overcome. Now you're practicing jujitsu, which is heavy on the body and requires a lot of strength. Do you ever have a fear? Like dentists are always afraid of, you know, breaking an arm or their hand or, you know, getting into an accident. They avoid skateboarding and this and that. Yeah. How, I mean, that fear exists. And so do you have that fear? Do you experience that fear? And how do you overcome that fear? So, uh, so that's, a, that's the word. It's fear, right? So fear can come in two directions, right? Fear is kind of an alert from your body telling you, hey, something is imminent, something is happening, you better stop. And so when we hear this word fear, it can be a double-edged sword. It can help you in a time of, of, of need or 
an emergency or it can actually hinder you from accomplishing your goals. And so I'm always looking at these fears and saying, hey, if I damage my neck from jujitsu, uh, then I can't practice dentistry, which is, it makes complete common sense. Mm -hmm. But in my reality of it, the jujitsu helps me understand my body so my neck won't get injured. So it's actually upside mm -hmm. down. Of course, I'm not going to be any skilled enough where I'm not going to put myself in danger with my neck. But with jujitsu or with anything in life, if you let that fear just say, hey, I'm not going to do it, then you've already stopped. You already, you already stopped right there. Your mind has to be like in an abundant mentality. So for jujitsu, I'm like saying, hey, I'm getting so much more benefits from this. The risk of neck injury is very low, even though that sounds absurd for a person who's not practicing. But that benefits really outweigh the risk. So I'm going to keep doing it. And just like anything else, are you going to stop a lot of, lot of, um, lot of doctors and dentists? They have that fear. And so they literally do nothing, right? And so now what's happening? Now they're getting chronic ailness, like they're getting overweight, they're getting obese, and they're sitting on the couch. And then what, what eventually happens is they get lower back palms or neck palms or shoulder injuries. And so now you're going to have injuries no matter what, but you have to make sure that you understand why these injuries are occurring. And if you front load and you prepare for all these things and look at life as a wholeness, you're going to make better decisions. And like I said, if I'm doing jujitsu or if I'm working out or if I'm staying healthy, I want to be able to practice dentistry in the next 20, 30 years and not mm -hmm. in the next five, 10 years and burn out and say, hey, I want to retire when I'm 55, which I hear a lot of, right? So when, so imagine if you do retire, what are you going to do then? Like, do you have the next venture set up? What are you going, what are going to be your passive incomes? Because people don't think that far. They just have this pipe dream where they want to retire and do nothing and go travel. But it almost doesn't make sense. So if we look at a sustainability standpoint, we got to be healthy so we can make better decisions. So we're making the right decisions, uh, practical decisions for longevity here. For someone who is caught up in dentistry and doesn't think that they have the time to work out or to live a healthy lifestyle, like they come home late, they're tired, they don't want to cook a healthy meal, they end up ordering, or they don't want to wake up early in the morning. What are some you know tips that you can give to people? So now we're talking about habits, right? So whether you like it or not, you're developing a habit. So if I choose to go home, get Uber Eats, sit on the couch, watch a couple games, drink a beer, then go to sleep, that's actually a habit, right? But this habit is less mindful, right? We're just kind of doing what pleases us at the moment, but we're not thinking of what these habits are going to yield for us in about uh, 10, 15 years. And so... On the other hand, if we get home from work and we have a meal prepared, we drink a lot of water, we're going to the gym, whether it's like 20, 30 minutes, it's just some active, some activity and we go and we get some good sleep, then go back to work. What are you going to look like in 10 years, right? So um, James Clear said it, said it very powerfully. He said, your habits are a lagging indicator of what you're going to look like. So if I'm always 
broke, that's just a lagging indicator that my financial habits are pretty bad. If I'm not healthy, I have diabetes or, or, uh, or hypertension or all of the above, that's just a lagging indicator of how I've been living my life. So if we're thinking five, 10 years, and we want to really autopilot and really generate these habits, we really have to change our identity and the way we think and with the way we believe in ourselves to become that person who we want to be five, 10 years later. I've actually recently gone through this mind shift. I feel like a lot of people are so preoccupied that they don't realize that to be healthier, you need, there has to be a shift in mindset where you're committed and you do daily practices. But, and these daily practices not only influence yourself and change your habits, like you said, but they also impact those around you because you're more of present, you're more self-aware, and you're a better version for those people around you. What point did you realize that these changes can affect another person or impacts another person? When I grew up, I was always doing sales and marketing, some type of, I was a business major. I was always in the business world. And in business, for me, it's not about a transaction. It's not mm -hmm. always a dollar for a dollar, a dollar for a service, a dollar for a good. For me, what it was is really building a team and we all getting better together uh, and us <clears throat> having these growing pains. And so I always looked at myself and, or I would look at, Kobe Bryant or, uh, you know, Magic Johnson or, or whoever athlete I was looking up to and see how they built a team. Because really in business is, is all about team building. And if you can be a better leader, you're going to have a stronger team. And when you have a stronger team, your level of success and self happiness is going to be a lot higher because you're going to have better relationships. You're going to have more success. You're going to have more stuff to look forward to, more purpose. And all these things go all aligned. So it creates a more win-win situation where everyone's going to be sustainably happy. And when it comes to building a team, I know you mentioned that you were, once you graduated, you, this was on a different podcast, but you graduated, you were working for two years, and then you bought your own practice, correct? Yes. So as a young dentist who buys their own practice, who doesn't have much experience being a leader, what were some key learnings that you had when it came to growing your practice? So your leadership isn't just like there. You have to build it. So 10 years ago, I was probably not a great leader. Okay. So I didn't have the experience. I didn't have the data in my head. All I had was a passion and, and I was willing to work hard. And just by those two things, and I was young, I was about 32 years old. When you have, when you're 32 years old, you can, you have a lot of energy where you can actually drive whatever you want to, to the finish line. When you start becoming 40, 41, 42, the practice grows, more relationships, you have kids, you know, you have a wife, you have all these things going, this energy almost gets sucked out. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to utilize your energy to uh, to keep growing sustainably. And that really takes a lot of delegation, a lot of trust, and again, a lot of leadership. So grow, coming out of dental school, I have uh, I built one from scratch. So we had zero patients. I took uh, 
$400,000 loan out. And I ended up living with my parents-in-laws in in the basement and eating rice and beans for two years. And so everyone says I'm crazy, but one one thing I do know back then was, and I'm sure it's the same now, if not worse, is your student loans have zero leverage in the tax game. So a lot of these students come out with a lot of loans and a lot of these times we're just paying back the loans, right? And we can't get ahead. And so for me, my goal was, all right, I'm going to really just suck it up for a few years and then take the, and then pay off the loans. So I'm zero debt on my loans. And then I'm going to start uh, using my profits to grow. So my first step, my first goal was to take out all my student debt. It sounds crazy for some people, did it and i was living on rice and beans um, and, and water but it is possible and now my life is completely different and i do see other other my friends that still have loans at a high percentage rate and it just seems like uh they can't get ahead as as fast so for the new dentist i really really recommend that um, you do some financial planning with that and taking care of the loans and having that will just give you a peace of mind and not just letting it, oh, I'm just going to pay make minimum payments and think about it later. If you really front load it and try to do your best on it, it's going to save a lot of real estate in your head mm-hmm. and in your mind so you can make better decisions for the for your future ventures and for your practice and everything like that because this debt takes a lot of real estate in, in, in our minds. Definitely does in mine. I mean, kudos to you for, for paying it all off. It's, it's very rare to see a lot of people think that, oh, I'll just make small payments. After 25 years, you might get some kind of like loan forgiveness and whatnot. But you mentioned living with your parent-in-laws and eating rice and beans. That means that you have a partner who is very, very who's basically a good teammate, essentially. I recently posted something about relationships and, and it resonated with a lot of people. What is it that you should be looking for in a partner when you're trying to build a future? So your partner should have, with, with, with partnership, it's always work, right? It's not like, hey, we're going, we're going to get married and then we're off to the sunset and everything is going to be you know, like roses and, and gardens here. It's, it's work. Love is a journey. And love takes compromise. And so when I first got out and then I was saying, hey, I need to take out my loans. Just trust me on this. You know, we're going to have a little bit of a harder life in the beginning. But in the future, you can take any trips that you want. And so now that's that's my stress. I'm like, oh, I, got, I can't even work because we're sending all these trips. My kids are always on, my kids and I, are, we're always on vacation doing things. But that's that was all planned one of one of when i talk to older dentists because i always think that you always have to look at more seasoned dentists and the people like five ten years ahead of you maybe 15 20 years and see what their mistakes were and if you talk to a lot of people and not even in dentistry they say the biggest financial disaster is a divorce and so i really want to invest in my relationship because that's like the worst thing and i see dentists having like like their second or third marriage sometimes and and they they just keep saying the same thing it's like that's the fi- biggest financial disaster so if you can prevent that 
uh, by, by, you know, studying the relationship a little bit longer. And kudos to you. You were studying yourself, studying the relationship. And if you weren't mindful and then you kept on continuing on a path, it could lead to lost time, a lot of lost money, a lot of lost energy that you could have really put into something else. So when you have a partner, I hear these words like power couples and all that stuff. They have the same dream. They have the same work ethic. They have the same diet. They have the same activity schedule. And they want to like pick up the kids. And there's, it's a synergistic effect. So once the energy and the, the team is both going in the same direction and there's less friction, then you're going to have a happier life. It just makes sense like that. But it's harder said than done. And it takes a lot of compromise and mindfulness on, on, on our own hearts. Synergistic effect. I've heard you say that in quite a few episodes and I love it because it truly allows for more in your life and any aspect, business, love, community. Now talking about all of the growth that you've had, you said you started up one from scratch. Now, how many offices do you have? So I have, I still have one office, but that same practice that I had, I was going to, I was looking around the city seeing if I should buy another office and expand like that. But my philosophy was, I just want to keep things simple. Mm. I was blessed that the people next door to me left. So I actually knocked that wall down mm. and we added another five chairs. So technically I have two, in my head, I have two practices in one, but I am able to keep the same staff all in one location, pay one rent, pay mm. one utility bill, and so that saves me a lot of real estate in my head also. And now I have another associate. And so now he can work on one side while I do my implants and surgeries and whatever I do on the other side. And so now we can communicate better. Uh, we built out a lab inside also. So I'm a big fan of having your lab inside your office. So mm -hmm. that way you can turn around your items to your patients faster and it's going to drive down your 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 overhead cost so that's that was basically what happened to me so now i'm running one plant center and one G gp center and we have a bunch of specialists like endodontists oral surgeons uh perio if they need to come in and, and coming in just just is helping the patients in our that's amazing that all in one i love that idea we touched on leadership and growing and learning. Now that you have had this practice, where is your focus in dentistry? I mean, you've obviously grown as a business owner, but in terms of the dental portion or the clinical portion, is there an aspect of dentistry that you focused on in order to elevate your career? So when I first started, you know, when I first opened my practice, I'm like, all right, we just got to get like some cleaning. We just got to drive patients into the door, right? So we were like, all right, free bleaching. And uh, I think we even did like free bleaching for life, but that's, that's, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> and from there, <laughs> from there, we'll, you know, whatever class twos, whatever class, like buckle pit fillings. I was like a buckle pit specialist, right? I would, <laughs> I would, I'd see a little cavity right there. I'd fill them and I would drive my production up like that. Like I could probably run like a million dollar practice with, with 557 Burick and some composite, right? So we would just get all the, the occlusals and all that stuff. And so 
but then once you get to a certain point like so now with that attitude i was like i went from zero to maybe like you know 500 to 500,000 to a little bit more maybe almost close to a mil um doing crowns and fillings and then you start seeing like all right well you get all these crowds back oh i'm sensitive all that stuff and then you see oh what's my purpose in doing this this dentistry i'm just i'm just putting crowns on them and now they think i'm like but the patient thinks i should have done a filling and they're questioning me and they think i'm ripping them off because this fear and this this and I, when you have one complaint, sometimes you take it personally. So you think it goes to all the patients. So I really had to work on that. And I really had to continue finding what kind of dentistry did I want to do. Back then, we had something called like six-month smiles. I did like one or two cases. And then the patient was so happy because it transformed her smile. Oh, my gosh, I could smile. I was, I was really happy. And so... Didn't like the brackets and ortho part, but I love the part where, where it changed her life. It was a huge transformation. And so that kind of got me thinking like, oh, maybe I should do more veneers or more, more cosmetic cases. And so I started dabbling in that. And so back then we would use Sarek. I would work with Eddie Corrales and we would do some stuff called Same Day Smiles where he would come in and we'd do like 10 Emacs crowns on top. Or or even top and bottom. And so patients would love it. They're like, they would come in and say, hey, doc, can I get the same day smile like my friend had? So we would do these uh, veneer cases or four mouth reconstruction cases with two Cerex, Emacs running all day and, and doing that. So it was fun. It, it was good. The, the overhead was, was high. That's the only part I didn't like about it, but it was fun. Then uh, you... The, the, so like fast forward, you start getting bored of that too. And so now I was already starting to place implants and these cases, some of these cases that we were doing in the past, they maybe had had like a root canal and a crown and now it's like they've broken through everything because they have a bruxism and stuff like that. So now you're thinking, all right, what is the next step? So now I'm doing more full mouth cases and now you're doing implants and now the trend is like full arch right mm -hmm. like so everyone wants to pull these do these implants and full arch cases and then post their pictures and now that's kind of what i'm leaning into now because it is transformation it is highly profitable you can change someone's life you can really change the industry like that and so that's really where my focus is now is just implant dentistry, cosmetic dentistry. And then my associate on the other side, now he's doing what I was doing, you know, like five, 10 years ago. And I'm, I'm teaching him everything, all the ins and outs of Sarek. And so he can grow at my pace. And, and so we can kind of grow together. Now that you're focusing on these arch, you know, full arch cases, does that take away or eliminate that overthinking that you were clouded with before? Or do you still overthink? As dentists, I think we always tend to overthink things, right? So you mean by taking things personally? And, yeah. Or, or it could, but you have to. So I'm better with that now. So there's a, there's a book called uh, The Four Agreements. And The Four Agreements was introduced to me by my friend who is, he's a Purple Heart. And he, I didn't see him for 10 years and 
when I saw him back, he came up to my house and his driver's, his license plate had a purple heart on it. I'm like, man, you're a purple heart. You're like the Kobe now. You're, you're like the LeBron. You're, you're like a celebrity. And then, and I asked him what happened. And he said in the, in Afghanistan, he got blown up three times and he still lived. Mm -hmm. He's, he has all his limbs and everything like that. And I asked him, Hey man, there might be a lot of like PTSD in your, in your mind, right? How do you deal with that? And so when he was going through his, his psychologist or whatever, they introduced to him that book, <clears throat> but the four agreements go like this. Number one is, uh, um, <clears throat> you have to be impeccable with your word. Okay. So being impeccable with your word is your self talk. So if I say, oh my gosh, like this patient is going to think that I'm just trying to sell them something, right? Then when I go into that situation, I'll probably act out, right? So I'm mm -hmm. very, I'm very careful of my self-talk. Or if I say, hey, this patient's going to, I have a lot of skill. This patient is here because they know they, they were referred and they like me and all that stuff. Then I'll probably come into the room treatment planning and introducing myself to, to them like that. So if you look into the dictionary, impeccable, peka means thin and M I M means without, right? So mm -hmm. when you're talking to yourself with love, you're going to radiate a more loving spirit. You're not going to have all these walls, but if you're always having this fear driven, impeccable mindset, then you're always going to doubt yourself. You're going to say, Hey, I'm not good enough, but I need to sell this. And so there's going to be a lot of friction or this patient doesn't like me, or uh, my last review was really bad. And so now I'm living my life through this review and you can't live like that. And so that's number one, you have to be impeccable with your number two. Number two is you can't take anything personally, right? So it, when a, when a patient tells you, Hey man, my, my feeling hurts, my feeling hurts and you suck as a dentist, right? Uh, really, you can't take that personally because a, you did, you did the best job you could and you don't know what, if it's just pulpitis, if she's having a bad day and most likely most people who are very respectful won't traject that to you. Right. So mm -hmm. if they're having a bad day and they just want to make you have a bad day and you swallow that pill, now you're going to have a bad day and you can't run your business with that mindset. Right. Uh, and the other one is always do your best. So if you're knowing that you're doing your best all the time, then you can't, you will know, and you will be honest with yourself. Like, Hey, I did my best and your work's going to show that, right? I'm not saying you're going to do your best and you're still, you're still terrible. You're going to do your best and it's going to show through that. It's going to show through your work, through your team. And they're going to take pride in that. And they're going to ride with you. Your whole team is. I love that. It sounds like if you follow these four principles, right, you find a lot of it, a little bit of freedom, like emotional, mental freedom, which is really refreshing. Now you're, you've grown from one practice to, to practice owner, to being a leader within the community, bringing on a team of people who are helping you serve a community. I know recently you were also joined the board of new dentists committee. That, is that yeah. So yeah, so I am the chair for the new dentist committee for Tri-County and going in with that, it's not a paid position. It's, 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 it's something that comes from the heart. It's like a community position, but really I'm able to help a lot of 
dentists who have questions, like mm-hmm. who's who are in a rut. And a lot of dentists have problems. A lot of people uh, sometimes feel humiliated to ask questions. And I think that's absurd, but it does happen. And so what I want to do is help patients, or I mean, I'm sorry, help doc- new doctors get through these struggles, give them a safe haven to ask questions, to come to study clubs with an open mind, to see what the, the future holds using new technology. And and for simple feelings, like I remember when I was first, second year and, you know, like I didn't know how to like efficiently do a class two. And if I had that problem, I'm sure like thousands of other dentists had that problem, right? Like, my gosh, like which feelings how do I put the matrix when there's two side by side? And these things would, would bother me. And so if I had someone tell me, hey, this is how you do it. And this is how I, how I do it every single day. That'll give me a, a little bit of relief, a little bit of a support system. And that's trying to, we're trying to create with this new dental uh, committee thing we're doing for Tri-County. I love that. I know a lot of dentists would appreciate that because as I mentioned to you, off camera, I looked for mentorship and it wasn't as available as I thought it would be. So it's amazing that there are people like you out there who are willing to help because I know a lot of people do need the help and the support and because you come, essentially we know nothing, like especially coming out of school, we know nothing. And life is all about learning, right? You just evolve with time, improve with time. So speaking of evolving and and growing, you seem to be someone who has lots of ambitions and goals. What is your what are you looking forward to in the next chapter of your life? The next chapter is just continue to uh, you know help help new grads and new new dentists and even seasoned dentists. I'm always into we call it sharpening the blade. So mm-hmm. whether uh, I'm not going to take I'm not going to take too much rest time even if I do know how to do an implant well. I'm going to find better and faster ways to get this done. I want to find better ways to um, have my crown seats faster maybe or have my my implants implant abutments milled a certain way and have the patients happier. So even in my practice when with 3D printing with uh with these milling machines, you're really able to dial everything in and kind of have control over everything. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Just sharpening the blade, just dialing everything in with my team, with all my technology, so we can get things out faster and more efficient and and just better results every day. I love that. Now, before we wrap up, is there anything that you'd like to talk about that we haven't touched on yet? Yeah, so uh, I would say for for new dentists, especially, just the things that I would recommend is, hey, just watch your spending. It's easy to to get into debt without because dentists drives in a lot of revenue, right? So you have from going to zero to like having like this money is is very you have to have a lot of responsibility. So with a lot of power becomes a lot of responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. But with a lot of responsibility becomes a lot of power, right? So you have to look at it on both sides. So watch your spending. And number two is always have a beginner white mindset or a white belt mindset. So a beginner mindset is always like, 
hey, I need to keep learning. I need to keep getting better at this. And when someone tells me something, I'm not going to uh, take it as criticism or I'm not going to take it as I'm assuming that he's thinking I'm bad. I'm always going to go in with a learning mindset. And when I have that mindset, it's going to really propel me a lot farther. I think when I was like sixth year or seventh year dentist, I had like, uh, I thought I knew everything, right? Mm -hmm. Because I was just comparing myself to the new dentist. But, but that actually really hindered my growth for a long time. And so once I was able to drop my ego down spiritually and personally, I was like, okay, let me just kind of learn. Let me take some advice. And that really opened up more doors for me. And without that beginner mindset, even if you're like the best dentist or the best jujitsu artist out there, no matter what, these people have the white belt mentality. They have the beginner mentality because they're always catching on to the new things. They're always trying to learn for them, trying to learn and take advice. And the third thing is, you know, you guys are going to be dentists for a long time. And so when you guys are dentists, going to be dentists for a long time, make sure everything is sustainable, like your mental health, your physical health. Uh, make sure like don't, you don't want to implode because I see a lot of dentists go through some mental health struggles and no one ever prepared you for that. No one ever prepared you for depression. No one ever prepared you for anxiety. And if you are in that situation, just know that you're not alone and people have gone through that. So seek out for help, seek out to be a better person, seek out for growth. Usually when you have those signs and symptoms, there's a cup that's not filled. So you have to seek out and see which cup that is and go fill it. Maybe it's you don't know enough. Maybe it's you're not a good you're not a good enough leader. And so we need to go and learn and fill those cups, right? Maybe it's because you're not working out enough. Maybe your body's telling you something, hey, I'm not unhealthy, and then you need to get to the gym or you need to work out work out more. Or maybe it's because your financial distress is causing you anxiety. Hey, maybe we need to pull back our spending. Maybe we need to live more frugally and not a live lavish lifestyle to show on Instagram and everything like that. So you really have to be honest with yourself in all these in all these divisions in your life. And when you do that, you're gonna be more wholesome, you'll be more happy. And that's what I want for all you guys. I want you guys to be happy. I want you guys to be successful. And I want you guys to live like a, a really good life. Cause that's you know in America we live a great life. You know, we all went to dental school. Uh, so we're living our dreams and our dreams can become a nightmare, but we want, we need it to continually be our dream because without a dream, you're, there, there's no reason to live. So just keep dreaming big and, and living your dream. Wow. I love that. Well said, Doc. I really appreciate that. If, I mean, these seem to be very much uh, available to a lot of new dentists. If somebody wanted to reach out to you, where can they find you? Um, yeah, you can go on. We'll, we'll, we'll collaborate on here. You can DM me or you can uh, find me at aviondental.com. We are in Chino Hills. So if you want to just give us a shout out, you guys can always contact me. But just DM me if you have any questions or any concerns. You know, we can try to, I can try to find you some help or whatever you guys need. Thanks so much, Doc. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for giving us your words of wisdom. I know it'll serve a lot of people. If you enjoyed the episode, 
subscribe, rate, follow, review, share, all of it and any of it. If you haven't done so already, go back to our channel and listen to the other episodes that we've published. I hope you find some value in those too. Until next time, cheers.